some sticky moments in baseball's crackdown on pitchers and sticky stuff. Here's correspondent Steve Kathan. In Philadelphia, there was Mad Max. Are you going to check Max here in the middle of an inning? National star Max Scherzer lost it a little when he was checked mid-inning for any sticky substances. Phillies manager Joe Girardi asked the umpires to take a look. Max drops his hat. Carlos Torres is going to get mad at him? I got nothing, he appeared to say to the umpire. Most of these new checks happen between innings. In Arlington, Texas, it did for Oakland A's pitcher Sergio Romo. He's immediately thrown off the belt, the glove, the hat, everything. And he dropped his pants a bit, too, but not all the way down. What the hell is that? This is the Stone on Air radio show. What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Welcome in, everybody. How in the world are you on this Wednesday? June 23rd, the year 2021. Gorgeous. Low humidity day out there. Soaking in sunshine. This is Nuke Radio 92.7. My name is Brian Stone. He is Keon Rose. And we'll be here with you for the rest of the morning. Segmented in two our shows. This one, the Stone on Air radio show, later disguised as a podcast, and then after this, the Keon Rose show, a look back and forward of things going on in the sports world. Might touch on a little bit of that here during this hour as well. I'm here with you Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays between 10 and 11 a.m., and I'm happy to do it. Most times. <laughs> Actually, take that back. Sometimes I'm not happy to do it all, but generally speaking, uh, I am. So uh, if you want to find the podcast, stoneonair.com is how you can do that. So, um, well, Keon stepped out, so I'll save Hawks talk till he gets back in. Oh, there he is. Uh, so the Hawks, real quick, well, I want to just get the, the little sports blurb out of the way. They are starting tonight, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals tonight, which never in a million years would I thought this team would have made it to the uh, the Conference Finals but uh, and and will they? You know, do they match up well with Milwaukee? Probably better than they would the Nets. That's for sure. But it's that's still a pretty uh, a pretty steep hill to climb. Milwaukee is awfully good, and I, I love that city too. So it makes me happy that no matter who wins the Eastern Conference championship over the next you know two weeks, week and a half, however long it takes, I'm going to be happy. Obviously, I want the Hawks. I'm a fake Hawks fan, but uh, got no problem with the Bucks. Uh, either, but Keon, I was listening to, I spent almost eight hours, probably about six and a half hours over Monday and Tuesday listening to Philadelphia radio. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was hysterical. I, I, I The beauty of it. it I was going to pull some of the audio and play it, but I it was hours worth and I didn't have the time to go back through it. Uh, man, they just, they hate Atlanta. They're so butthurt. They're the biggest Milwaukee fans on the planet now. They all hate uh, everybody and everything. 
it was glorious. It was I was just yeah. laughing and laughing and laughing. I've never really done that before. I know any time the Jets or the Giants or the Yankees or the Mets or the Phillies or the Red Sox, even maybe some of the you know Cubs and Chicago stations, listening to their next day radio is going to be fun listening. I rarely ever do it, but I did it this week. Yeah, and it's 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 worth it for for some of those cities. Uh, especially Philadelphia, because they they had such high expectations. Like that first day was just Rip Ben Simmons day. Yeah, and then this t- Tuesday yesterday was turning into maybe. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on uh, Doc's last name? They're kind of, Rivers. Rivers. I was about to say Doc Brown. Doc Gooden. <laughs> uh, Doc Rivers. Now the all-day Tuesday was like, well, maybe we can fix, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking on every name. Dude who can't shoot the ball. Simmons. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe we can fix Simmons, and maybe it's Doc Doc Rivers' fault. And that was all that yesterday's narrative. <laughs> so I thought it was uh, fantastic stuff. It's, it's like you can watch an entire city collectively go through the stages of grief. I mean, oh, they were, yeah, they were talking about that. And they just, they all looked like they wanted to vomit the whole time. Because one of them was a video. It was, it was a YouTube and a Twitch. So I was able to watch it. And they literally look sick, like just like I, it was so great. I love I love hate listening to sports radio in in major cities when they uh, lose. Well, when Atlanta lost the Super Bowl, it's not the same there. That's more pathetic nature. Just like oh boo hoo us, we're the worst. Like it's it's less anger and more just well of course we're Atlanta we suck. Uh, that was that was fun radio the next day. If you don't care about the Falcons, um, more on uh, that uh, next hour with Keon. I have a handful of directions to go today. We'll just see which way it goes. Pretty typical for this radio show and podcast. Nothing super uh, important. The second segment of the show, this is supposed to be this my second best month ever. April, best month ever. If I if I if it is, if I get a good April, that means generally speaking, I'm gonna have a good year. But the next barometer, the next measuring stick is June. And I've not had a good June. I've actually had a pretty crappy June. And I had a, a crappy couple of weeks. She's been very busy, working a lot, and a lot of you know mostly boring anecdotal stuff. But I'll uh, I'll stretch out on that and go back a little bit. I do this every now and again. I'm gonna do it again. The hourly pay thing. We're so wrapped up in how much money people make per hour, and it's uh, it just annoys me every time I hear it. It's the wrong argument. I hate when we have the wrong argument about actual problems, and we do that so often in this country in so many different things. Something there's something broken and we need to fix it, but we argue for the wrong reasons of why it's broken. And a lot of that is hourly pay and just pay across the board. And I've just anecdotally had some hourly employees screw up many of my days recently. So we'll talk about that in the second segment of the show. I've got some more from Trump's Save America dot USA, whatever it is. I've got a stack of those. I might go down. Uh, this Raiders player that came out of the closet this week, I think is very, very important. Uh, I don't have his name in front of me right now, but I'll get it in a minute. Um, that's very, I think that's a very, very important step in uh, in that world, not in sports world. This is more important than that. And I'll spend a few minutes on that on the way out the door uh, here in just a little bit. I've got three pieces of audio for you. The worst idea, the fascinating thing, and the coolest thing, which I'll get to you here in about two and a half minutes or so from right now. A couple quick things. Um, it's funny, uh, speaking of the NBA, the Hawks-Philly game on Sunday, Game 7, got the highest, second highest rating of the week of all cable television. Or it might have been all television, period. But anyway, huge number. Huge number. And it was considerably higher than the U.S. Open. 
Well, guess who was quiet all over Twitter and all social media? The Clay Travises of the world. The white people that say shut up and dribble of the world. Who can't wait to point out every piece of crap show that outrates the NBA at certain times whenever it works for their narrative. But when an amazingly exciting game in an exciting league in two cities that were on fire excited and gets a huge six-something whatever it is number and beating soundly the U.S. Open, guess who we don't hear from? We don't hear from all those people that say no one watches the NBA. Nobody cares about this anymore. We don't hear from those people. And they did this with the NFL, too. The, the NFL had, like, a dip in ratings, and everyone went, oh, look, it's the, the social justice in the NFL. It's ruining it. And then, like, the NFL proceeded to have, like, the top 10 highest-rated shows of the year because it always does. The second round of the NBA playoffs, Game 7, considerably bigger number than the U.S. Open Sunday Championship. Crickets. Of course, I mean, nothing surprised. None people were surprised by that. But um, just figured that was worth pointing out. Uh, the thing that matters here on the front end that I don't have much to read to you about, but I'll just give you the quick headline, and we all knew this was coming. The National Federal Eviction Moratorium is coming to a close a week from today. We're still in, a, I've been saying this since before the election, you ain't seen nothing yet, America. You think you've been shocked already? You ain't seen nothing yet. Um, all these, a bunch of these governors are cutting off uh, unemployment benefits coming up in July. In March, uh, in March, <clears throat> the uh, administration had the extension of the federal eviction moratorium to June 30th. That is Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday. So that might, that won't be the first good day of the week for many people, tens of millions of people across the country, and to a certain degree, it's just kind of like, well, we knew this was going to happen, and you're just going to have to deal with the fallout. And then there's also the more if you know somebody who's in that boat, and I unfortunately do. And it is, uh, it's, it's a depressing thought going forward that a lot of people who have been hanging on by a thread for a long time are, um, are, are, are in a bad place. And I'm not even saying that we need to extend it again. I'm not saying we should or shouldn't. That's not the point of bringing this up. I'm not even sure what we should or shouldn't do with the uh, unemployment benefits. I, I don't have a strong, here, listen to me. I'll tell you what we do here. I got a radio microphone, and I know everything. Like I'm not even doing any of those things. I'm just giving you the numbers that when July starts, things are going to get incredibly difficult for tens of millions of people. And I got to fly to the three pieces of audio I have for you here real quick um, on Nuga Radio 92.7. The first two are very, very short. And um, I wish I could I could spend a, I could spend an hour on this one. This is today's worst idea. It's the work lexicon, the workplace verbiage that uh, just drives me insane. Today's worst idea on Nuga Radio ninety two point seven. Side of brain fart. I have not moved it over yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's my fault. I'll tell you what. How about this? How about this? We'll just put those three off to the beginning of the next segment. And we'll, uh, I'll just shuffle around a little bit because I wanted to spend a little bit more time on that as I've now let this uh, uh, stretch out. So shifting gears on the fly, no big deal. We'll start the second segment with the first three uh, or the final three. I would normally do the worst, the fascinating, and the coolest thing. Uh, let's see. We're getting back up to the um, high 80s towards the end of the uh, week. I could not believe... Yesterday, 
how incredibly awesome it out was. I didn't look at the forecast. Oh my God, it's it's three weeks into June and it was 80 degrees. And I was stuck in an office building until eight o'clock at night. That'll be part of where I go next segment as to why I was stuck there. And the main reason I was stuck there is because of hourly employees. But um, we got another one today, low humidity. I think we're going to be closer to 85. And then, you know, summer will be back by the weekend. So don't get entirely used to it, but literally soak up the sun as quickly as you can because uh, it ain't often in June. Hell, this would be, this might be Bonnaroo week. That would have either been last week or this week. I don't know. Either way, that'll be in September. So looking forward to a, a very nice uh, a Wednesday afternoon. Now, one more thing here I wanted to touch on that's just a talking point. This this Amazon monster. Now, I know, I know, you know the, 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 this talking point's gone over and over and over and over. That, you know, they're just gobbling up everything and they're putting everybody out of business. And, you know, whatever. I'm not that worried about that at this point, other than they are trying to buy MGM now. So their last major purchase was... Whole Foods, now they want to buy MGM. Basically, they just want to add their library of television shows and movies to their uh, to their prime video uh, archives. And, you know, I, I, antitrust laws haven't been a thing in this country for quite some time. But the, F, uh, the FTC is looking at that right now. But how about this, this, this Amazon Prime Day? Everybody losing their bleep the last couple of days, weekly. That was yesterday, I guess. I had two or three people at work like, hey, look at all. You're going to buy some stuff on Amazon? Like, no. What do you mean? Because I've heard of Prime Day. I don't care what it is. So I looked a little bit more. And to their credit, there were some really, quote, unquote, good deals. Um, but coming from a materialistic, gobbled up, consumer-based society of, you know, I saved 40%. No, you spent 60%. <laughs> Hey, look at this television I got. It, I got it uh, 30% off. Okay, that's great. But you spent 70% to buy it. Did you need it? And we don't understand the difference between a want and a need. No, of course you didn't need it. So I don't fall victim to that. But what a what a way to manipulate an entire culture, country, world for that matter, into purchasing from you. You just create a day and you tell everybody today's the day you go buy a bunch of stuff because everything's quote unquote on sale. Man, Amazon has got this thing figured out. They have got this thing figured out. They are a monster and they have convinced every dummy walking around that they needed to stop what they were doing yesterday and buy stuff. And not only that, it's quote unquote water cooler talk. Man, and I, I had two or three people. Hey, did you get anything today? What do you mean? Did I get anything? What are you talking about? Oh, man, these deals. Shut up. Get out of here. Wait, but good for you, Amazon Prime. Good for you. Convince the whole world to buy stuff on that one singular day. Why? I don't know. Just because we told you to. It's New Radio 92.7. Stone on Air Radio Show. Podcast also. We'll get you the worst thing, the fascinating thing, and the coolest thing. And the second best month ever, June, has been anything but. And this hourly pay nonsense is annoying me. All that coming up next. Hang tight. You're listening to the Stone on Air Radio Show on Nuga Radio 92.7. Today I'm going to talk to you why getting paid by the hour is trash. I don't want to call it a scam, but sometimes that's what it feels like it is. 
What's the solution? What do you do? What would you advocate for instead? A day rate is probably what I would charge. Just this is my flat base rate, and at the end when I'm done, I'll tack on anything else that I need. And people might be like, well, what if I'm overpaying you? Well, you're, you're not paying for my time. You're paying for my skill and my expertise and my work, and that's the rate. It doesn't matter how long it takes me. And this benefits both parties. Let's say you charge like $500 for the day, and it only takes you 30 minutes to do the thing. Well, you freed up a bunch of time for yourself, and that's great for you. However, let's say you charge 500 bucks and it takes you way longer than expected. Well, this benefits the customer because they're not paying more money. They're not penalized for that. You're not having to charge them. That's on you. If you finish it faster, great. If you finish it slower, that's on you. That's the win-win scenario, and you are being paid based on merit, based on skill sets. You could do day rates, project-based, and I mean, it is what it is. This is the rate for my skill and expertise, not the rate for my time. Welcome back in. Nuga Radio 92.7. Happy Wednesday. Gorgeous sunshine out there. High about 84, I think. 85. I don't know. You got an app. Check it out yourself. It's going to be nice. Low humidity. I know that. I'm Brian. He's Keon. And this is really a millennial thing. I've talked about it many times. I'm going to do it again a little bit today. This idea that, you know, this hourly pay stuff. Such a waste of time, such a waste of resources, such a waste of skill sets, such a waste of motivation, such a waste of production. It's just really a a flawed way to pay your employees. Now, in some industries, I get it. You're not going to get away from it. Maybe fast food, maybe gas stations. You know, I don't know. I'm not trying to demean or belittle those positions, but maybe that's how that has to go. But many, many companies that are on a far different level, that a much higher production level and a much higher uh, in uh, revenue streams still do this hourly pay nonsense. I mean, Amazon does it. Um, you know, this, you know, the umpteen billion accountable jillion dollars worth company Amazon Pays their employees hourly, which to their credit, they don't pay anybody less than $15 an hour. I saw this the other day. That's another thing the pandemic is forcing companies to do. We might not federally make it mandated, but many, if not most, I see countless companies out there that are that are waging, uh, moving their, their starting wage to 15 Jen was talking about it last hour that we're getting a Trader Joe's. I didn't have any idea. You want to talk about small town losing their mind. Chattanooga can't wait for that. They're starting at $20 and $25 an hour. Maybe it's not starting at that, but there have many positions that if I guess if you have any amount of experience, you might start at $20, $25 an hour. Okay, that's great. Oh, that's great money. Well, what would you work, one hour? <laughs> then that's not great money. That's not much money at all. Uh, so I just, I hate, 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 hate hourly pay and would only do it if I had to uh, uh, again in my life. Luckily, I, I have not been on hourly pay for many, 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 many years. I'll come back to that here in a minute, and I'm going to just kind of bring that back around to where my frustrations of the month of June. It has been such a busy, exhausting month. And that included a nine-day vacation that actually added to those exhaustion and frustration, didn't ease it. And so I've not, my June is not working out the way I'd like. Hoping July will pick up better. 
based on the news, the way things are going to go. My anxiety isn't going to get any better. It doesn't look like based on national news, but I'll save that for another day. Let's go ahead and get to the three pieces of audio that uh, we bumped to this side of the uh, of the segment. We'll start, and this is this is exa- <laughs> this is so perfect. Uh, I love this guy. I don't know what his name is. I don't know how popular he is. Uh, some of his stuff is so foul mouth. There's no reason to use it, but. I always jokingly say, never call Wednesday hump day. I have scientific evidence that proves that you are intellectually deficient. If you say happy hump day, well, this guy agrees. It's today's worst idea. I just heard this phrase that people use in an office setting on Thursday. They call it Friday Junior. I guess they think the weekend's going to come quicker if they say Friday Junior on a Thursday. These are the same assholes who go hump day, happy hump day on a Wednesday, thinking the weekend's going to get there quicker. It's not. If you work in a work environment, you hear those two slogans, sue that company. You're working in a toxic work environment. <laughs> you can throw in the case of the Mondays. That started it. Case of the Mondays. Then I'm, not, I'm also not a big Fryer guy. Fryer, Fryer. <laughs> shut up. Oh, my goodness. Would you just hurts. shut up. This, 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 this office space. If you haven't seen the movie, I can't. I don't have the time to reset it. But you need to. If you ever worked in an office, you need to watch a movie Office Space. The the just the lexicon of an office is so. It's 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 so full of idiocy, and mind numbing just nonsense. And every office does it. Oh, Kissing the Mondays, Happy Hump Day, Friday. And I've never heard Thursday Junior, but whatever. I don't. I think his point more was, shut up already. This is ru- this is ruining people's work days. Uh, again, I'd like to spend more time on that, but I won't. Fascinating thing today is a guy named At Idea Soup from TikTok. It's about 20 seconds long. Today's fascinating thing. If you were born in 1878 and lived to be 92 years old, you would have been born into a world without the electric light bulb and died in a world where we had landed on the moon. That's how fast technology has progressed. Now, most people who were born in 1878 did not have a life expectancy to make it to 92, but his point is still pretty fascinating. 1878 to 1969, you were born without a light bulb. You died after we put somebody on the moon, according to everything that we've read and been told. It's like the only conspiracy theory I've ever listened to is do we ever actually go to the moon. I think we did, but it's the only one I'll listen to. This is today's coolest thing on Nuka Radio 92.7. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for today's coolest thing. Okay. Brought to you by Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration. Quick at keeping it cool. Say cool. So cool. So cool. So the credit goes to sales manager Mike, who I have, would have run into this anyway, but he sent it to me in my email. I guess it was just yesterday. Foo Fighters reopened Madison Square Garden, at least for concert purposes, a couple of days ago. And one Dave Chappelle joined them on stage to sing Radiohead's Creep of all songs. And proving just because you can tell good jokes doesn't mean you can sing worth a damn. This is today's Coolest Thing. Big man. 
So I had to get rid of that right there at the end, but a little longer than I probably should have let it roll. But yeah, uh, I don't know why Dave Chappelle was in New York at Madison Square Garden, and I don't know why he was singing Radiohead with Foo Fighters, but it was pretty awesome. But yeah, Dave Chappelle ain't, ain't got the the tone range for singing rock songs. It doesn't sound like. I'm I'm guessing he did it because because he could. Yeah, just because <laughs> you can. And sometimes that's a good enough reason to do it. Sometimes that's not, but uh, sometimes it is. So that's today's coolest thing. Thank you, Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration, for bringing that along for, uh, or for uh, sponsoring that. Anyway, I should say SeabornRefrigeration.com, 629-0969. So, Jen, do you need me? You want to know why he was in New York? Yes, why was he in New York? You want to know why he sang that song? Sure. I have no idea why he sang the song. However, <laughs> he was in New York because... He was part of the Tribeca Film Festival, and he had something playing at uh, uh, Radio City Music Hall, which is very close to the stadium where the Foo Fighters were. There you go. Well, that's more than I knew before. Thank you. So, yeah, Radio City Music Hall right down the street from Madison Square Garden. So now we've cleared that up. So... First of all, I already talked about when I got back from my trip to uh, New Orleans and, and, and Alabama. Don't take long vacations. Don't do it anymore. Just kind of talking to myself. And if you got a lifestyle that's anywhere near like mine, you shouldn't either. It's a bad idea. Don't go somewhere for nine days. Don't have three stops within a nine-day stretch. Costs a lot of money. It's exhausting. And at the end of the day, it's really not that fun. Yeah, there was fun thrown around in there, no doubt. But from the time I left to the time I got back, once I got back, I basically slept for half a day on, on Sunday, and then I have worked around the clock every day since. I'm not complaining, I'm just saying. It's how the calendar fell. I knew that was coming. I should have come back with three or four days to rest before I started this long, almost two-week stretch of just racing the clock. Every day of this whole month, the supposedly second best month ever, June, at least it, I, that's how I self-annoyed it. It's been just, it's one one deadline after another. It's one racing of alarm clock after another. From the day job to the radio station, back to the house, I basically slept and worked and ate a little and then cleaned up at the house one day for two weeks straight and then tack on that, that vacation, which really wasn't much in the end. All it did was frustrate me and cost me money. This has been a exhausting exhausting month and yesterday i'm um i'm having one of my days where i'm thinking oh man finally i'm gonna break out of here i'm gonna get a half day out of this and at like four o'clock i thought finally for the first time in two weeks i'm gonna make it home with like hours of daylight i need to cut my grass so guess what i'm gonna have to do as soon as i get home if i did was able to leave more more stuff right more work but that's america that's what we do that's fine but I was excited about it. I thought this is going to work out for me, and I, I, I waste the rest of the morning explaining to you why, and it's not interesting. You don't you don't even care to know. But we I, and a lot of things I do at work, I have to wait on people at the day job. I have to wait on people who finish up things, and and there you go. So I'm doing my math in my head, and I'm looking. I'm like, all right, if I get this guy here, and this guy here, and this guy here, 
Well, we got a guy out in the field, out in the market. Nice enough guy, kid, young dude. Means well. Hourly employee. And he's taking over a route that was not hourly. He once he eventually he'll be on a on a commission base, but for now he's hourly. And four hours after I thought I was going to leave, when I finally was able to leave, because what I believe was an hourly employee who already had a day ruined because it was just a rough day. It's tough work. It's tough work. I don't envy it. Very 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 difficult work. And because that day was already trashed, I'm making this up, but I guarantee it's true. Because I've been in these shoes and I've been around these this, this type many times. Because the day was already trashed, why hurry and finish when I can ride the clock until 8 o'clock? That's what happened. And so for that day, work, for that area out in the market, production was down, motivation was down, satisfaction was down, uh, expenses were up. Money spent and paid to employee was up. Company expenses were up. Everything else down. Motivation, satisfaction, production, all of that's down. Expenses are up. And then that kept me at work all evening until I didn't get home again until 8, 8.30. And then I, you know, here we go again. I'm not complaining about that as much as I'm just saying it's a perfect example of hourly pay is not an efficient way to get business conducted generally speaking there are places where it has to be i get it that's fine but there are most places that have good sized revenues you're going to do better of just saying hey here's how much the job is going to pay to do i don't care if it takes you till 10 o'clock tonight that's your problem if you can get it done by 1 p.m booey for you you've got a whole day off if you want to throw your day away and stay out till 10 o'clock that's on you. Here's X amount of dollars. More often than not, that's how we should do things. And that person's going to get out there and be done with it and get home by one, not at eight or nine o'clock at night because they're quote unquote riding the clock. It's Nuka Radio 92.7, Stone On Air radio show. You can later get the podcast at stoneonair.com. We'll put a wrap on all this and a handful of things I haven't got to on a kind of a scattered day here coming up next. Radio 92.7. What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary um but until then you know i'm gonna do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting that's compassionate and i'm gonna start by donating one hundred thousand dollars to the trevor project they're an incredible organization they're the number one suicide prevention service for lgbtq youth in america and they're truly doing incredible things and i'm very excited to be a part of it to help in any way that i can and i'm really pumped to see what the future holds That was 
Las Vegas Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib. Nassib. I guess it was Monday afternoon via Instagram. Officially came out now the first openly gay player in the NFL. That's important, and I don't even think for for football or sports as much as many other things. I'll get to that in a minute. I'm Brian. He's Keon. Nuka Radio 92.7. Stone on Air. Radio and Podcast. Hemp House. They've been here since day one. Of this show, anyway. they got three locations. They'll take care of all your CBD needs. There are pretenders all over the city. It's like the biggest fad now. Hey, I got CBD. I'm a hemp guy. Yeah, sure you are. Hemp House and the pioneers of the industry here. Find them in Ottawa, Ringgold Road, and Tremont Street. Pretty much covering the entire city. You are very likely no further than 15 minutes away from one of their locations and likely even closer than that. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. 771-HEMP. Spell that out. 771-HEMP. Give them a ring for all things CBD. When I look back at the timeline of the progress of the, and I always forget the letters, LBGTQ community. I'm not being flippant if I say it wrong. I'm just, I just sometimes mess it up. I'm a staunch supporter and really always have been. Even when I had to be quiet about it when I was younger, I, well, deep down I was a supporter. I didn't, I probably didn't act like it when I was a kid because you couldn't. I'm gonna come, that's kind of where I'm going to go with this. I'll come back to that. And I've talked about it before, but I'm going to do it again with another little story from somebody I remember from high school. But the progress, if you were to make it like a timeline progress bar, of the acceptance of this community, which is uh, just foolish not to be accepting of. If you've got religious beliefs that go against it, I get it. Okay? Fine. All right? Mind your own business. Go to church. Read your Bible. Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. Have a nice life. All right? Leave us, the rest of us, the hell alone. Go away. If you're against it because of your religious beliefs, fine. If you don't have religious beliefs, which, hey, sorry to tell you out there, Most people don't. Just because they show up on Sunday to church or on on, on Easter Sunday, they got the the perfect pastels on, doesn't mean that most people practice religion because most people don't. And meaning younger people. I don't know about what the boomers are up to. Gen X quit this stuff a long time ago, and I don't know what the millennials do, but I know one thing is it ain't going to church. So unless you're real authentic, not your fake Christians, not the ones I just laid out there. If your real authentic religious beliefs lead you to say that homosexuality is a sin, fine. I can't argue with you that. I can't tell you that you're wrong. Just leave me the hell alone about it, and we're going to be fine. It's a pretty simple process that I've, you know, a lot of different things involve religion and state. It's a very simple process. It's just the problem is a lot of the Christians, real and fake, don't want to play along with this. They don't want to, they don't want to hold up their end of the bargain. But anyway, the progress bar has been has actually been pretty good, and it, but it was stalled for a long time. And the AIDS scare in the '80s is what really made that made homosexuality what made what, where the term homo, homophobe came from. Now, in the '80s, people might have actually been scared of 
homosexuals because of the AIDS virus, HIV and AIDS. We have now since long made advancements in that, and we understand that disease more than ever. And it's, it's not eradicated and gone, but it's, it's pretty well handled, controlled. So I'll give you that. But since the, the 90s and the, the last 21 years, uh, there's no, homophobe is the wrong terminology. You're just a jerk. You're not scared of homosexuality. You just don't like them. And you don't have to like them. I'm not, I'm not, not telling you who you got to like and dislike. If you don't want to like gay people, that's fine. A lot of people I don't like. But denying them their rights and suppressing them is wrong. And it's, it's also very difficult for young people growing up in this world. And I got to move quickly. Is this always dissolves here on New Radio 92.7? Brian and Keon with you for about four or five more minutes. I had a friend in high school, and my growing up in the 90s, you were not gay, and you sure as hell didn't tell anybody if you were. That was not a good place to be. I was grew up in a very lily white, where white men are superior to everything, certainly more than African Americans, and sure as hell more than gay people. All right, you just did not. That was not something that you would say out loud. Period. Ever. End of story. End of verse. Ex- exclamation point. If you're gay, you sure as hell don't tell anybody. And that's a that's a difficult world to live in for a very very real large segment of the population. And a friend of mine, acquaintance of mine, at 15 years old, probably 1995, we we all were trying to look look you know, have our own look. I was more of the grunger type. He, you know, wore mascara, but I mean, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day wore mascara back then. It was kind of, it was pre-emo days, kind of gothish wannabe pre-emo. And he had, and he, so he dressed a little flamboyantly, but it was more rock star than it was like Boy George. And eventually at some point he came out. I don't remember how he would have done it. It might've just turned into um, whispers in the hallways. You know, obviously no no, no real technology that that would work to, other than a you know a, a, a landline telephone and notes writing notes to your girlfriends in class, and he came out as gay, or that's what everybody learned throughout the rumor bill of the uh, of the school. And one of the I still see the guy every now and again. I don't I haven't talked to him in twenty five years. Uh, big jock football player. One day after school, beat the hell out of him, just cause. Just because he was gay. It was 1995. There were no police reports. None of us had heard of anything called a hate crime. No teachers were ever discussing it in the hallway. I don't think it happened on school property, but it didn't happen very far away from school property. It was one of those, oh, yeah, you're gay? Well, I'll find you after school, bro. And uh, rearranged his face. Beat the hell out of him. Didn't just, like, push him down and, like, you know, punch him. Beat the hell out of this kid who was a small skinny kid and he was probably i would say a couple years older so he would have been about 15 and the other dude would have been more like 17 could be closer to 18 at that point probably 17 far superior strength that was just 25 some odd years ago you couldn't even whisper it without thought of harm or or just belittlement all the word all the words right it couldn't happen. Over the course of the next 10, 12, 13 years or so, that starts to slowly, ever so slowly, change. Ellen had a lot to do with that. Ellen DeGeneres coming out in the late 90s. 
There's going to be plenty of other examples that I'm not going to think of right now because I didn't. I, I, I'm deeper diving on this than I necessarily planned. But lead all the way up to 2014. Well, that's a big jump. It's 19 years. Lots happened in that 19 years. A lot of people have come out. A lot of artists, actors, uh, celebrities of all kinds. Every day making this an easier transition for people who are young trying to live this life that so many people tell them that they're wrong for. In 2014, Michael Sam is openly gay as a Missouri uh, defensive player in college, and he gets drafted in the sixth round by the Rams and Jeff Fisher, which I think Jeff Fisher, who was very high in the NFL ranks then, kind of threw that bone in there to make sure we could say, hey, look what we did. Maybe I'm wrong on that. doesn't really matter. But the point is, when he was drafted, there was a big ESPN was there, and there was a big party, and it was very flamboyant, and there was still a lot of ugh, like in my circles, like, God, can you kidding me? Can you believe this? You believe in this? Like people I respected would be like, I can't believe what's going on. This is this is wrong. It's wrong. What the hell is wrong with you? Where have you been, old man? Care about things in life. This is not one of them. And fast forward from 14 to two days ago. Doesn't seem like 14 was that long ago, but hell, that's seven years ago now. And the amount of outflow of overflowing. Uh, encouragement via Twitter and other social medias was exploded. J.J. Watt, you know, the kind of guy you would expect to beat up the gay guy 25 years ago. It's this glowing uh, tweets like, you know, love you, bro. All these people matching all these donations. Uh, James Franklin at, at, at uh, Penn State. Just, it's huge. It's huge. And when people, kids and young people can see this and they can say, I can do the things I want to do. Nobody cares that this guy's gay. Nobody really ever did care. It was all just this false, white supremacy, male-dominated, just nonsense. So this is not just sports. This is huge. This is—I mean, this, nobody's really heard of this guy, but he's a prominent player on the on the Raiders. He's a real player. It's not like he's retiring tomorrow. The NBA players have come out as they were leaving the league. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. And you're not a homophobe. You're just a jerk. All right. Put the wraps on things right there. Be with you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Five years ago, tomorrow. I'll lay it out. Tomorrow. See you. Bye. Oh, I'll never know what makes this man with all the love.